0: special edition of the rush when i'm fresh off of vacation how about that gotta love it and we've got all kinds of things to talk about too we've got conference realignment we've got training camp we got a little bit of recruiting news heard you guys a little bit there uh towards the end some good stuff uh hanging out there in the recruiting world but uh got to say hello to Travis. What's going on, man? And Connor, sorry about that. Connor back in studio as well. What's up, gentlemen?
1: Oh, you know, just uh excited to be on with you, buddy. I mean, mm. uh on a Monday. I haven't done a whole lot of Monday radio. You know, yeah. you know, man, I'm I'm a Friday guy or a soon to be midweek guy as we kind of transition back into the season and and you know, that's what, you know, we always have these kind of milestones, right? It's like, okay, well, media days a milestone, okay, fall camp's a milestone. You know this, that, and the other. Well, Teddy, for me, I know the season's right around the corner. Whenever we make our Wednesday and Friday switch, so it's getting more it. and more real.
0: I know it. It's a uh, it's a good thing, but it's also, man, it's it's a bad thing. Those weekends are about to not only shorten up, become non-existent, which is cool though. There's a lot of stuff happening, and uh, I don't know where should we start. Camp rumblings, conference realignment. What do you guys think we should dive into? What's the biggest topic out there right now?
1: I think, I think it's got to be camp rumblings simply because, I mean, conference realignment has been, you know, at the kind of top of mind here for a while. we talked a lot about it. Obviously, there's things happening now, but OU is safe and sound in, uh, in the SEC. Now that we've got Sooners that are actually uh, popping some pads uh, a little bit,
2: Uh, I think we talk about that. What do you think?
0: Yeah. I think
2: think camp talk is the way to go. I think earlier today, I think a lot of people were uh, wondering where Gavin Solchuk was today. I know we talked about that quite a bit uh, on the Plank Show, and I'm sure uh, Travis, you, and Parker had some text comment about it as well.
0: Yeah, what was the deal with that? (laughs) Did we find out anything? For whatever reason, I heard, I saw someone post that, Sawchuk wasn't out there. And then I saw someone ask Levy about it, and he said, yeah, he was out here.
1: Yeah, apparently, uh, from, from what I saw, it was because the media obviously doesn't get to stay for the entire day, right? Like, you have mm-hmm. windows, speci- like, specifically media access windows, right? So, from what I understand, Gavin Sawchuck was in getting treatment while the media was there. So then the media looked at the running back group, and they're like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. No Gavin Sawchuk." And then, to your point, like they asked Levy afterwards, and Levy was like, no, he practiced. I mean, he, he was out there. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think this is a situation where, you know, he's – I don't want to speculate too much, but it doesn't seem like there's anything to be worried about. I know that was a big concern by a lot of people today.
0: Damn, don't you know camp is going good whenever we've got a guy that's not, you know, running the warm-up routes with quarterbacks – and that's the big controversy right now. Where where he was that means things are going good. Knock on wood. Okay, whenever that's the biggest thing we've got going out there, then uh, we should be in a pretty good spot. Just
2: just stay injury free during camp.
1: That's right, especially at, especially at tight end with Austin Stogner kind of being our uh, our lone go to right now. But I will say, Teddy, it is kind of funny. Like you touched on, hey, we're really here whenever we start like. Freaking out about you know even a running back not being out for media availability like what is the big thing? I was on the OU football Instagram page when they announced that we were in the coaches poll uh, number nineteen in the coaches poll, and somebody replied to the official account, "Hey, where was Sawchuck today?" Like <laughs> <laughs> as 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 if the official OU football. Instagram account is going to be like, well, I'm glad you asked, actually. So what happened was he was in. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you know what? We're in mid-season getting form, taped. baby.
0: A L- little extra tape, perhaps. Maybe getting the ankle spatted up. Yeah. Uh, maybe slept in a little bit. It was, uh, it was late getting out there to get taped. Who knows what was going on. But um, I don't know. The, I'll tell you, though, of all of the position battles that are going to be going on through camp, and there's a bunch of them. Running back is – that's going to be one of the most followed because, gosh, the starting running back, there's going to be so much production tied right there. Here's the thing, man, and I just – I don't know necessarily how much it matters who the starter is. Is that – is that a dumb thing to say?
1: No, I I couldn't agree more. I I, I think this is very much a one a one b type situation. I think it's different situationally, Teddy. I feel kind of I feel kind of similar with the running backs as I do, I guess not quite to the extent, but with the cheetah position because you're gonna have multiple guys playing that position, right? Like not one guy is not gonna have eighty five snaps. Like you're right. So and, and that's the thing when when they said, hey, we've got four people working Cheetah. We've got, I believe it was, what, Peyton Bowen. You had um, Peyton Bowen, Justin Harrington, DeSaw McCullough, and there was another safety that was working it. But it, but it was two safeties, more, more two like traditional linebacker types because that's a very situational position. So, like, with the running backs, it's going to be situational, and that's fine. But, Teddy, you know, as well as anybody, hearing your name – in intros, you know, the, the the picture of you goes up on the screen, your hometown, everything like that. Like That's who everybody is going to say, that's the starter. And no matter who outsnaps who, it's going to say, that's the starter.
0: Who do you guys think it's going to oh, – okay, let me ask you guys this. Connor, I'll start with you. Who do you think it's going to be, announced starter, and who do you personally want it to be?
2: Woof, man, uh – I think it will be Barnes. I think it will be Barnes. Uh, I really like Sawchuck. I, I kind of I want it to be yeah. Sawchuck. I saw the speed in that bowl game. And I know Tyler McComas is high on Toby Walker, and I am too. In short-yarded situations, that dude is a uh, big running back, and he looked really good in uh, spring ball.
1: Yeah. Travis? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Javante Barnes, and I want it to be Javante Barnes, and, and I, I'm a big Gavin Sawchuk fan. I'm as, I'm as big a fan as anybody, but you know, we didn't see him at all last year until the bowl game, and I know Florida State was 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 a very good team, and mm-hmm. he had a very good day against them, but that's all we've seen from him. So I think we are still doing a little bit of projecting. Um, I think there's. Even if it's ten percent of the equation, I do think there's a little bit of, uh, you know, getting drunk off a bowl game performance that we've seen in the past with even like a like a Charleston Rambo type situation that right. uh, we had a couple years ago. Like I I do I like Gavin Star Trek a lot, and he definitely had a large workload like to go off of in that game. But at the same time, we have a significant amount of you know Javante Barnes tape. Whereas with Sawchuk, we just have the one game. So I think I just trust I think I just trust Barnes more right now because he's had the in game reps throughout an entire season, as opposed to getting ready for one bowl game and then boom, having a big game. And and, and these are the good conversations to have because I think they're both extremely talented. Um, you know, Connor brought up Tawi Walker. I mean, you know, G Baby Grayson Halton said that he was the most painful to tackle physical uh, of the running backs he said you're going to feel it whenever you got to tackle Tywee so it's an embarrassment of riches uh to a certain point in the backfield but give me Barnes I think Barnes is going to be the starter and Barnes is who I want to be the starter what about you
0: yeah well it kind of feels like it kind of feels like Barnes and I know I know the coaches will always mention Marcus Majors the guy that we can't forget about um but you know it's just kind of it's been our habit to kind of forget about him because, you know, he's been there and then he's been off for, for large periods of time. So it's kind of hard to factor him in right now as, as the starter. But I, I would say, I think it's probably going to be Barnes and who I wanted to be. That's hard to say because I right, give me the situation. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about is we have, We have really a perfect lineup of guys that everyone does something a little bit different. I think Barnes feels like maybe the best all around. Uh, Sawchuck feels like maybe the best in the open field. Tawi Walker feels like definitely the best between the tackles and short yardage and goal line stuff. You also can't forget about the young bucks, the two freshmen, Hicks mm-hmm. and Smothers, I'll tell you right now, they like Smothers. He gets a lot of run, too, out there. He got a, he got quite a bit in in spring. I know they liked him through summer. So you can't for, forget about those guys factoring in, too. So I really don't necessarily know who I would say I want it to be. Well, Sm-
2: Smothers was one of the starting running backs in that spree game, and he got a yep. lot, a lot of reps. Mm-hmm. Got yeah, pretty
0: and, decent size on him. He's around 200 pounds. Caleb, uh, he's fast, Caleb Hicks looks explosive. really good.
1: Hicks looks. Demarco is loving him already. Yeah. Well,
0: um, I'm I'm happy with the running backs. I Demarco has not that he wasn't great as soon as he stepped on campus. I he was and has been, but man whether it's what you see from him on the recruiting trail or the development and the progress of these running backs that he he's on DeMarco Murray is on a heater right now an absolute heater which is uh which is good to see but that that position group's going to be fun and there's plenty of other uh position battles that are going on out there at training camp I, but I think that's going to be highlighted and I don't know how you kind of factor this in but like what the wide receiver rotation looks like, that's going to be the other hot topic. Um, I think that group definitely has to play well, and we need great production. I just don't, I don't really – I'm not nearly as uh, tied in to who I think it's going to be or who it is. I, I think that's less relevant. I, we just need the overall position group to, to have a much better year. I think the offensive line, is, that situation is probably first and foremost to see what that starting five eventually looks like. That's offensively, that's what I'm tied into.
1: Right, and and I kind of I want to get your opinion on this. Um, I, I've asked Tyler, I've asked Parker um, at, at different times. So last year we had four four newcomer wide receivers who you know two of them had production at missouri and arizona state and two of them were highly regarded uh you know big fast freshmen right so you had nick anderson and Jaden gibson coming in and we've yeah. seen freshman wide receivers make an impact like i think Jaquez pettaway white might and then you had lv bunkley shelton who had production as arizona state and jj hester who had production at missouri now, all four of those, I believe they combined all four of them for three catches on the year. How much of that do you think has to do with losing Kale Gundy, which this is the year anniversary where Kale was dismissed? How much of that do you think had to do with losing Kale at the start of fall camp and going essentially with a the assistant wide receiver coach leading that group? Do you think that stunted a little bit and do you think that will change dramatically with Emmett Jones this year?
0: definitely stunned. it's hard to quantify how much but i mean it would have been one thing it, it was never going to be a good situation or an easy situation but it would have been one thing had you had a a veteran-led group and i know mims was there and, and, and he had some tenure but it's not like you had a bunch of seniors in there, fifth-year seniors, six-year guys with, with your um, your extra COVID year. Like there weren't a whole lot of those guys in there that could kind of take the thing by the reins and, and a brand new system. guys. Yeah, and you had a brand new system. Like it was really, it, it was really the perfect storm in a negative way. Um, but like I said, it's hard to quantify exactly how much it affected it, but it definitely did. So. I think having a year under their belt in the system, Emma Jones was, was there, got there in the in the winter, and, and has been able to develop with these guys and build a rapport there, and seems to fit in really well with the offensive coaching staff. And you know, he, he's done really well on the recruiting uh, side of things. It's just it, it's hard to comment until we we see what we get out there uh, on a game day, but you have to feel better about where they're going to be development wise with that group not going through chaos right there to start off training camp so yeah i mean it's it's definitely going to be a factor still yet to be determined who who the real stars or or you know the leading production guys that emerge from that group are going to be so until i hear otherwise like i said before i went on vacation i'm sticking with gavin freeman that's the guy I constantly hear really good things from. Uh, whether it's coaching staff, whether it's players, uh, defensive players, even that's the guy everyone talks about. So that's kind of who I'm riding with as the go-to guy at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it, it's funny because the uh, most recent text to come in um, is uh, from the nine one eight on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, and we'll get to a lot of these texts here in a little bit. But this one just kind of kind of fit well is it concerning that Gavin Freeman is being discussed as the top wide receiver so far so uh, it's kind of a longer text but let's hit that on the other side uh, we'll take a uh, we'll take a quick break but I want to hit that with you specifically on the other side whether or not Gavin Freeman being the top wide receiver is a bad thing for the offense.
0: Perfect. Sounds good. Yeah, let's hit a quick opening timeout. Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107. Always got a bunch of great promotions going on here. We'll check in and see what they've got going right now in the month of August. Also, krefsports.tv up and running. They're getting going this entire week. There's tons of stuff going on starting tonight, more at Westmore at 630. And then, gosh, we got volleyball on Tuesday, Norman North and Deer Creek, Yukon Westmore, Bigsby, uh, Edmund Memorial, and then – Things continue to ramp up throughout the uh, the end of this week. And, gosh, we're going to be doing football stuff coming up pretty quick, and it's awesome that we've really expanded that brand. So going to be some really good stuff uh, in store for us. TV. We'll be back. Rush is back. Teddy Lehman here. Travis Davidson hanging out back in studio. Connor Pasby as well. Which you are back in studio, right, Travis? You're not coming from Tulsa, are you?
1: Yeah, so uh, I was – I was doing radio Thursday, Friday had Parker's wedding, Saturday and then Oh yeah yeah yeah. and then had a, a, an event in Oklahoma City for uh, the James Beard award winner, um, Chef Andrew Black and then today I was like, "You know what? I'm going to stick around. Going to hang out with Teddy in studio and then all of a sudden I'm here I am staring at the door like a like a like a puppy waiting on uh, you know the owner to come home and all of a sudden Teddy's out on remote. Jeez. Oh, Jeez. Yeah.
0: Mm, sorry about that. I guess I should have stopped in earlier just to say hello. Anyways, you should have. I'm returning your okay. gift. Okay, let's uh, let's get to the text line now. The first one was someone wanting to know if it's worrisome or if it's a problem that I feel like Gavin Freeman is going to be the most productive wide receiver, right? Correct. Is the, that it? The, the, Was there anything else the whole, with
1: it? The whole text is. It's from JG Wentworth uh, from the nine one eight. He said, "Is it concerning that Gavin Freeman is being discussed as the top wide receiver so far? While I think Gavin is a nice player, I think OU needs a guy like Nick Anderson or Andrell Anthony to step up and be the focal point of the the, the focal point of opposing defenses." That's the full. Tw- that's the full text.
0: Um. Huh. Well. My immediate response is no, but I understand the, the broader sense of the question, but let me first start off by saying, Gavin Freeman, while he came as a preferred walk-on, which is he, I mean, I'm assuming he's on scholarship now, I guess I don't know the full answer to that, uh, whether or not he is. I, I just so. kind of assumed so, but he came as a, as a preferred walk-on. Gavin Freeman is not a charity case, okay? His dad played at Oklahoma. Um, he is he's undersized, and he came and started off as a walk-on, which I can understand people jumping to the conclusion that he is – He's the hard work guy, right? Like we're gonna reward the the toughness and the hard work and he's willing to do anything. I, I get that. but that's that doesn't tell the true story of what Gavin Freeman is. He's one of the fastest players on the entire roster. okay? Elite speed. elite change of direction. elite explosiveness. Right after the catch, great hands catches everything thrown to him, and on top of all that, yeah, you also get the great qualities that you usually see from an elevated walk on tough, hard working, willing to do whatever it is that you ask of him. So, I think he gets labeled as something that he's really not. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I agree with that, and I, I do think you know, we, we got to call a spade a spade, right? I mean, he gets called Drake Stoops 2.0, even though their games don't resemble each other at all, is because he's an undersized white receiver. Like yeah. that That's why you hear That's why you hear, plays the game the right way, brings the lunch pail, uh, first yeah. one in, last one out. That's sneaky fast. Like, ain't nothing sneaky about the speed of Gavin Freeman. That dude's a burner. It is what it is. So I think a lot of people do see the um, – you know, kind of the the, the walk on status that you um, you yeah. know that you mentioned, but also this is a guy that had scholarship offers, P five scholarship offers. Like this was a three star recruit. Like this, l- let me let me read you let me read you some offers of a guy um, that that played at Clemson. There um, uh, there's a guy that was unranked. He walked on at Clemson. He had offers from Appalachian State, Gardner Webb, Presbyterian, and Wofford where his dad played, actually. So he was a Wofford legacy. He went on to lead Clemson in receptions in 2017. He was a pro bowler in 2021, two-time national champion. Oh, by the way, Brent Venables was a coach on that staff. Uh, Two-time All-ACC third team. And the Burlsworth Trophy, which we've got a couple of those at Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield's name on him. So Hunter Renfro is undersized white guy with, as you said, Precise route running. Explosive. He he caught the game winning touchdown from Deshaun Watson in a national championship game. Like f- so for the idea uh if, if if you could just say, hey man, would it be nice to have Hunter Renfro a pro bowler on this team, everybody would be drooling over it. But instead you got a guy with a better offer sheet than Hunter Renfro, much I mean way higher ranking than Hunter Renfro, who also walked on to a Brent Venables involved team. And now it's oh man, it's bad news if this guy's best Hunter Renfro lead, led the twenty seventeen team in receptions.
0: Well, I don't I don't necessarily think the texture is like saying I think it's it, it's a relevant question, right? And whatever you want to say about Gavin Freeman, I like you typically don't see or or necessarily want your go to wide receiver to be one of the slot guys. It's usually an outside guy. Right. Um, so like when the tech says it should be it should be um, you know Nick Anderson or Andrew Anthony I uh, Jaden Gibson. I mean I can, I can understand that. Um, because here's the thing. Yes we need a Six foot three and above, athletic, great-handed, acrobatic wide receiver on the outside. So I I totally understand the sentiment of the text, but at the same time, like I don't think it has to be. Well, I don't think that because we're talking about Gavin Freeman being maybe the most productive wide receiver, I don't think it has to be necessarily a bad thing and it doesn't have to mean that we don't have an outstanding presence on the outside you got to remember like whenever we're talking about production it's I usually your go-to deep ball guy is not your most productive wide receiver okay oftentimes it is someone over the middle right easier completions throw and catch possession work work some opening uh areas in the zone where you've got players that aren't as good at defending the pass in the middle, linebackers, uh, your safeties coming down, playing the hook area. You can get those. And we also got to remember, they love giving Gavin Freeman the ball on those quicks or whatever the hell they're called, you know, where you come across the formation. The touch pass, that's a catch, right? That's a reception now. So you have to factor that in on all of the numbers that he's going to end up having. So I don't think like you, we could have the emergence of Nick Anderson on the outside as the flat-out go-to one-on-one receiver that's able to run the comeback you know, at 18 or 20 yards with a good corner right there fighting and go up and, and make the catch and tap the toe for the first down. Right, we can have that. But still have Gavin Freeman, the guy that's gonna be in the slot, have the most receptions on the year. Right? And and maybe end up having the most yards because of the most receptions. So I mean, I don't think it necessarily has to eliminate the possibility that we have really good outside wide receivers as well. Yeah. You know, ultimately, I'd love for the whole group to step up and, and come around and I think that that's definitely a possibility. I mean, like we said, um, I think some of the growth perhaps stunted last year with losing the coach right there at the the beginning of the year. Also, health wise with Nick Anderson, I think his growth was was stunted with you know the amount of time that that he lost because of some nagging injuries and stuff. So, hopefully, as long as those guys stay healthy, they got Emmitt Jones out there working them we got uh we got good quarterback play that everyone should be able to develop and come along quite a bit right now
1: yeah well and and i want to bring up something that you've said on these airwaves over and over and i think it's applicable to this conversation that we're having a, a couple of years ago clemson had a bunch of like 64 wide receivers like it, it was their whole wide receiver room looked like trees i mean 64 65 everywhere and Their passing game just wasn't what a lot of people expected because they they just couldn't get open. Like, it does not matter if you are big, strong, or really, at times, if you're all that fast in, like, a traditional, like, you know, timed sense. What it comes down to is, can you create separation? and you create separation with route running. You create separation with 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 those skills and 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 being sharp and being explosive those things. It's not always, oh, we just need a bunch of 66 six guys out there and nobody will be able to defend us. No, you need to be able to get open and Teddy, that was a uh, you know, a criticism of yours last year was yeah. we need a guy that can just go get open. And from all in, from from everything we're hearing, it sounds like Gavin Freeman goes and gets open.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I you know, I I just like the running back room, you know, I think being able to have a, a little bit different body type and a different skill set, uh, you know, from player to player, I think the wide receiver group is really similar to that. You've got, you know, a six six Jaden Gibson, who's a gazelle that, you know, runs really good routes, is fast, has good breakaway speed. Um, you've got... Uh, Like a guy like Gavin Freeman, and you've got uh, Petway, who's going to be an absolute burner as well. You've got some, uh, you know, you've got kind of from short to tall, from slower to burning fast speed. You kind of got everyone everywhere that fits a little bit different, you know, Niche or whatever you you want to do offensively, so I think that's a good problem to have there. Uh, but you know, back to the original text, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but I do totally agree in a sense that we've got to have some of our bigger wide receivers start to show up and be uh, dependable players, and I'm I'm optimistic that that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I am too. Um, we're going to get to some of these other techs. That was a really good one. It uh, created some good conversation. We got to take another time out. Uh, we will uh, continue the rush rolling on after this.
0: Rush is back. Our number one, Teddy Lemon here, Travis Davidson, hanging out back in the studio, studio there with Connor. I'm hanging out at Newcastle Casino today, I 44 exit 107, right here in front of the front row sports bar. They've always got great stuff going on, they got off track betting. Uh, great drinks always happening here. TV's everywhere. Good place to come hang out, watch a game uh, if you want to come see Newcastle Casino. All right. Um, what else we got on the text line there, Travis?
1: I've got a, uh, I've got one from Eric in Illinois. And, uh, you know, to kind of jump in here, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, if you want to interact with the show, 405-651-3439. We've got a lot of them, so if we don't get to you, keep on sending them in we'll try and get to everybody but first Eric in Illinois says help bring me back down to earth I don't feel like this staff is one to put smoke out there if defense is as improved as they seem to feel it is and we have an improved quarterback backup quarterback situation I'm having a hard time finding a loss on the schedule trying not to get expectations up but it's hard not to so Teddy what do you think can you help bring Eric back down
0: well, here's the thing you've got to understand. Um, I, it's hard to look at the schedule, and I agree. It's hard to look at that and say where's the loss going to be. Now, Texas game, like, and it has nothing to do with how good they're projected to be this year. It's just that game. You always go in, no matter what each team looks like, recognizing that ah, there's a chance we lose this football game, right? Um. That's that's there, and you know I think TCU. While I was pretty dismissive pretty quickly after last year, I'm I'm coming around that TCU may be a little more difficult to to deal with this year than I had previously thought. So, um, you look at that TCU game; could be a really difficult one. And you know, let's face it. Oklahoma State has played us really tough over the last, you know, decade plus, really since Mike Gundy's been there. I haven't beaten us a whole lot, but those games have often come down to the last possession or so. So there's some just to think about. Now, as far as us, yeah, I think it's I think it's not getting out over your skis to, to feel like, yeah, the defense is going to be much improved over last year they could be much improved over last year and not be a top 50 defense though so keep that in perspective you know that's how that's how bad things got down the stretch right is a they set the bar pretty low in order to have air quotes a much better defense than last year right that that could mean all kinds of different things so maybe just kind of take that for what it is. But there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic. The The defensive line, both interior and edge, I think have a chance to be both deeper and better at the top than they were last year. I think linebacker has a chance to be, Better, definitely better than they were last year. Um, Perhaps, at least whenever we talk about Stutzman, perhaps um, all-conference type of play there. And, you know, maybe maybe even better than that. We'll see what, what happens there. And then secondary, and I include, I think Venables includes Cheetah, in the linebackers whenever he talks about it. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, not that I – it's just I, th- I consider it the nickel position, and I, for whatever reason, I loop that in with the secondary. But if we just want to isolate that on its own, I think the biggest single jump in any position spot on the defense, perhaps even the entire – off it, the entire team could be what we have at Cheetah compared to a year ago with Justin Harrington. Um, and then you move to the secondary, incredibly deep at safety, deep, experienced, athletic, uh, and corner. We've got really good competition going on at corner and uh, developing some good depth there. There's plenty of things to be excited about defensively. Now, is it all going to come together? Can we tackle when we need to? Can we play the chains when we need to on third down? Can we not jump off sides on on a third and four to give an automatic first? Like these things, we just don't know yet. We have to see how they perform on Saturdays.
1: Yeah, yeah, I uh, I couldn't agree more with, especially the depth, right? Because depth isn't something that you can particularly argue against for the most part, is. We legitimately have more interior defensive line depth. That's not sunshine pumping. That's not even a matter of opinion. I mean, when you look at especially Dejon Terry that came in, that dude looks like a monster. I mean, we don't have a guy that looks like that on the roster anywhere. And he looks quite good. I think he's at what, three twenty one, something like that. Um I mean that's a that's a big old boy. That is that is not something that uh that is not something we saw under specifically Alex Grinch, but not even even last year at all. Uh, we had a text from a little bit earlier that I marked down because I wanted to ask you about it. Um, this from the 405 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Teddy, how are the freshman backers doing in practice, and who do you expect to see a lot of this year? Of course, the Phil Pachati, you got Lewis Carter, and Sammy Omosigo. What are you thinking?
0: Um, well, I think they all look good. I don't expect to see any of any of them, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I mean, <laughs>
1: right? Ideally,
0: I, right. Aside from maybe some special teams duty or something like that, I I really don't expect to see see those guys factor in a lot. Um, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing, in my opinion. I think I think Pichotti's coming around. Um, He's active. He's he's aggressive. He's he's heavy-handed for a for a, a youngster. Um, I think I think Oma looks really good. He looks athletic. Um, he's I mean he's I don't know maybe a little bit better put together than I expected. Um, I you know just from some of the pictures and stuff that I saw he he looked a little tall and lean to me, not necessarily the case. Uh, he's got some good size to him. And, um, and and Lewis Carter's just, you know, just an incredible athlete, incredibly explosive. Uh, he's just a good all-around football player. But, you know, especially not being here for the spring, they've got a tall order being able to – Absorb everything they need to absorb from that defense, uh, while adjusting to the faster pace of play, the bigger players that they have to deal with, the more athletic players that, in in physical players that they have to tackle. Uh, I think we're in a good spot depth wise for the future. I mean, you know it's just I don't I don't expect to see any of those guys in any real action. But you know hey, I will. I'll admit that it's incredibly early in camp, and you never know what could happen. Guys could just really surprise with the way they absorb some knowledge and can go out there and play mistake-free football. So we'll see. I wouldn't expect to see any of them, and that's usually a good thing.
1: Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got one more thing I want to get your opinion about on specifically the linebackers, uh, kind of comparing them to what we saw last year. But we've got one more final timeout. Uh, when we get back on the other side, we will wrap up the first hour of The Rush.
0: Rush is back. Final segment, hour number one. Hangout out in Newcastle, Casino I-44, exit 107. Come see us here at the Front Row Sports Bar. Always
1: great stuff going on.
0: All right, what do we got? Uh, you had something you wanted to uh, to fire in my direction, Travis.
1: That uh, as somebody that has obviously played in this defense, you know, last year you watched running quarterbacks really give us a tough time. I mean, everybody thinks back to the Kansas State game where we finally had them in third and extra extra long with a chance maybe to uh, extend the game and blew it. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about speed, the value of speed at the linebacker position, and where we saw that, uh, and how that was involved in our struggles last year. Brent Venables even said, uh, you know, Uebu is more of a defensive end, you know, playing that position, and yeah. and really, you know, throughout, especially third and fourth quarters, just could not get sideline to sideline when we needed him to. Talk about specifically speed and how it impacts the linebacker core in this defense.
0: Well, I. I don't think that speed necessarily was I most of the problems we had last year were, were it was never a lack of of I shouldn't say never it was rarely a lack of athleticism I mean here's the here's like the bottom line a great athlete is usually better at making up for mistakes and poor technique and lining up wrong and having bad footwork a good athlete can usually make up for some of those errors and last year we just had a bunch of those errors and you know i i just i don't think that the athleticism was was necessarily lacking most of that stuff is is it's not easily fixed but like on the chalkboard it's easily fixed by guys just being where they're supposed to be and handling their responsibility. The majority of those type of plays are accounted for schematically within within the defense. But when your eyes are in the wrong place, when you don't have an idea where the chains are, whenever you chase a route out of your area you're, that you're supposed to be in, whenever you don't know who's the quarterback player and who's, you know, the um, – you know, the running back player that's going to take the down, you know, chase position, like, those are the those are the problems that we had a year ago. I, it's not that we all of a sudden are going to get way better athletically, which we have a chance to be with if Kanik's going to be the starting Mike Backer, but Kanick is not going to look like a, a 4-3 player this year, at least not early on. Now, he'll develop that, but once he understands where to be, and then can unleash all of that speed and athleticism. That's whenever you can see a guy like that really excel. But early on, he's probably not going to look like he's as athletic as he actually is. All right, quick timeout. Hour number two, The Rush, coming up next.